What's up, everybody? Oh, wait. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the DE podcast. I'm here with Akramage, and it's much different. We're not on Instagram. We're actually recording it somewhere else, and we're going to actually edit it, publish it, and it'll make life easier because we're going to be publishing it on YouTube, on Instagram, so we can publish it on both platforms. So the YouTube channel description and the link will be in the Instagram bio. And if you're watching on YouTube, thanks for watching on YouTube. Um, so today, me and Akermers will be talking about the NBA free agency. The past three days, there's been so many trades, probably so, like so many, like 60 or 70 trades. Um, and we didn't include this, but we could talk about the Olympics, just on our opinion at the very end. Um, but yeah, so let's go to the trades. Um, many trades, like we were saying, obviously the Raptors didn't get anybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, probably the biggest were what, like Alonzo, Russell Westbrook, um, Zach, well, DeMar DeRozan. Um, so yeah, the Lakers have a retirement home there in LA. No I'm kidding. But um, yeah, so we can just go from the word from the trades that aren't too important to the best. I'll say my opinion, you'll say your opinion, and we can just talk about it. Um, so the first trade, um, one of the guys who helped the Knicks out was a key contributor last season to their playoff run, Alec Burks. Um, great shooter, great passer, um, helped on the rebounding board. Um, he agreed to a three-year, $30 million deal to stay with the Knicks. Um, what do you think what, what, what do you think his impact will be in the next coming years? Um, I, think, I think it was good that they got Alec Burks back. I mean, he started to really play well towards the end of the season. Remember, if you remember, the Knicks, toward, like, they, were, they were okay at the beginning of the season. They were, like, I think hovering around the eighth or ninth seed. But then they really started to pick it up. In the second half of the season, they went on that insane win streak, and everybody's like, wow, the Knicks have really arrived. And it was during that win streak, it was Julius Randle, Derrick Rose, RJ Barrett, and Alec Burks. Those four guys were like the big four for the Knicks, and all those four guys were playing really well. And so, I mean, obviously, the playoffs, they had, they honestly, they kind of had a disappointing playoffs because they got bounced by the Hawks in the first round, but. I think it's smart to bring back everybody from that team because you just got the fourth seed in a very competitive Eastern Conference. So I think it was a good signing. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And especially now we can talk about it later, but they just got Kemba Walker and Yvonne Fournier, some really good guards who can shoot the ball well. So that's also a good addition to their team. So also a New York Knicks player, Nerlens Noel, he was a center. I believe that he came midway through the season from a different team. He also came for a three-year, $32 million contract. Um, I don't think we need, we need to spe- speculate on that much, but um, Tom Thibodeau um, said that he's, he's their biggest rim protector. I, I, I agree with that. He averages a good amount of rebounds per game. He... he um, well, the Knicks don't really have to have a problem with their rebounding now because of Nerlens Noel. So, yeah, I think that's good confidence from them. Um, do you have anything to say about that? I mean, I think it's just being smart, right? It's just more of 
the Knicks are confident in their team. They they think they can be good again next year based on their last season. So they're just bringing everybody back. And I think it's just another good sign. Also, on that note, Julius Randle, he also got an extension from the Knicks. I believe it was a four-year, $117 million extension um, that he just signed today, actually, yeah. or yesterday, which was, which is, I think, I think it's great. I think it's pretty amazing for him. Just like he went from being on the Lakers, he obviously got traded to the Pelicans. He was playing well in the Pelicans, kind of underrated. Then he had like this breakout season last year. And now he was able to get this, his first $100 million contract. So I think it's just like a great story for him, honestly. And I'm glad the Knicks are bringing him back because he was their guy during the entire season. Yeah, and also his progress. I mean, he kind of had like a little thing with the Knicks last season. Not Nothing what we expected to happen this year. Um, but Julius Randle came out this year. Put up good numbers, became an all-star, um, and I just I think the Knicks are, are going to have a really good future. Um, yeah, I think they're in my in my top like seven or eight teams that are going to be really good next year. They're definitely in that list because I think that especially with the fact that Julius Randle didn't have the best shooting performance in the playoffs against the Hawks, now they have Kemba Walker, Ivan Fournier. They resigned everybody. They shouldn't Derrick Rose, Alec Burks, Nolan's Noel, Julius Randle himself. Um, so I think that the Knicks definitely have a good advantage going into next season because they have they're like a, it's almost like they're a two way team right like they have everybody from every single position it almost sounds so weird but like saying that um, but yeah and then also with the Knicks Derek Rose signed a three year forty three million dollar deal to return he was kind of um, so so in his last three in the last three years of his career he was with the beginning, he was with Chicago. Then he went to New York for a year. He went to Detroit. Then he went back to New York midway this season. Um, but I think Derrick Rose um, was a big pusher in that win streak that they had um, towards the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. And also, even during the playoffs, if you had to say, if you had to look at the Knicks roster and, and really say who performed the best during the playoffs, it was Derrick Rose. Like He, he took up Julius Randle's role during the playoffs because obviously Randall didn't shoot well and kind of had, he had a bad playoffs, but Rose really took up that role. He was the 20 point scorer during the playoffs. And so I think it's great that he's also coming back. I think it's really smart. The Knicks, like they have a, they have a nice identity. They were like, we already have this team. We're going to keep on building off of it. We have, we're going to add Kemba Walker who obviously had a bad year with, he had a, he had a very bad year with Boston for his standards, but we know his potential. Like we know what he can do if he's healthy. And then also Evan Fournier, who also was in Boston, and now they signed him. But I, I, he was, he also, he was, he was okay with the Celtics. But we've seen him play really well for the Magic. So I think it's great that they added some more, I guess, star power while also keeping all of their guys that were so important to their team before. Yeah, I think the Knicks should be very excited for Evan Fournier because obviously now we're watching the Olympics, right? And he's. He put up such a good performance. He put up a good performance today in that heartbreaking loss for Sylvania. Um, but, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, Fernier, I think that – well, we can talk about Team USA later and everything like that. But, yeah, I think he's a big asset to not just the, the Knicks now, but Team France. I think Fernier, even though he's not the youngest, youngest that he could ever be, 
Um, I think that he could still put up a big impact for the Knicks. And I, w- I won't be surprised if they, like, have, like, a good season, make the second round. Possibly if the Nets – I think they could beat the Bulls. Um, we can talk about the Bulls later, but I think that, you know, it, they, they can – they're in the mix of the Knicks, Bulls, and those ty- – Knicks, Bulls, Celtics, Nets, Sixers, Bucks, the best teams in the East. Yeah, so I think we'll just keep going down team by team for, like, who added what. So I think the next team that we should talk about is the Miami Heat because they did a lot of stuff. Oh, my God. They're smart, um, man. Yeah, they, they, have a, they have one of the best ownerships in the entire NBA easily. Three men, yeah. So, uh, so there's a lot. Let's, I'll start with the small stuff. So Marquis Morris, he, he went from the Lakers. He signed with Miami, which I think is a great veteran pickup. He didn't really play much in the with the Lakers, especially in the playoffs. But um, he was on their championship roster, and he did get minutes. So I think it's good to have another uh, stretch four on that team. Uh, Dwayne Dedman also signed with them. He's a very similar center who can shoot. Yeah. So they're, I think, a good asset. And Resigned. Obviously, he's had his. He's had a, ever since I think 2019. He's had huge injury problems, and he's just he hasn't been able to catch a break. But if he's healthy, I think that he'll be a great asset to that team too. Yeah, and then at the same time with them signing everybody, they actually traded away some guys too, especially for Kyle Lowry. They traded away Goran Dragic and Princess Achoa. Um, they traded away Kendrick Nunn to LA. I mean, we, we can talk about LA later, um, but. Yeah, I mean Miami signed a lot of a lot of players. I think they're very smart with their offseason. They traded away those guys that aren't really important to them, which I think is very a very very good part by them. So they got Waving, um, and well, I keep talking and talking, but they traded away Trevor Ariza also to the Lakers. Um, so yeah, I mean the big guy is Kyle Lowry, obviously. Um, Duncan Robinson re-signed for five years. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and Kyle Lowry are looking like their big three, along with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, who are really good shooters. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think I'm, too. yeah, man. I mean, I think that they have a humongous potential um, to be there. Um, Andre Godal, who's there, um, he actually is still a free agent, I believe. Um, I didn't see him sign with anybody yet, so... Um, yeah, their their roster is shaping up to be something a big problem in the East. So I think we can talk about the Kyle Lowry trade. Um, Kyle Lowry played for the Raptors the last nine years, played for the Rockets before that, got won a championship in Toronto, averaged seventeen point two points, five and a half rebounds, seven and a half assists um, this season. He had his best season actually. Um, in the past couple of years in the bubble, I think. Um, but, yeah, I think Kyle Lowry brings the shooting. I think he brings the, the veteran advice for the young guys, especially, you know, everybody who came there. Um, I think that he would take the spot of Goran Dragic pretty well. He's, I think he is – he scores a, a few more points than him. Um and he gets rebounds, like I just said, five and a half. It's it's good for a point guard who's six feet tall. Um, so I think Kyle Lowry will, will be good with Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, and I think they can circulate around each other and be a good, a great team. I think. Yeah, I think Miami is really smart. Obviously, 
they went to the finals two seasons, well, one season ago. Mm-hmm. And then this season, they had pretty, they had, they were injured in the beginning. They had a lot of COVID issues. And then they kind of had, they had a disappointing season. Obviously, they got swept by the Bucks. In the end, they were only, uh, I believe, the sixth seed in the playoffs. So I, uh, um, Pat Riley definitely went into the offseason. He was like, how are we going to make uh, our team as good as possible from here? So obviously they made a lot of, they re-signed whoever they needed to re-sign. Everyone else, they traded away, got better pieces back. Obviously Kyle, Row- Kyle Lowry is going to be huge, I think. Because, I mean, you saw what he's done for the Raptors all these years. He's been so consistent. He's gone, he was, he's, he started off relatively unknown. He basically built his name in the league with the Raptors in like from basically 2015 through 2017, 2018. He established it, won an NBA championship on that team and had a good bubble playoffs, as you said. So I think, I think he's just going to continue to be a really good point guard. Yeah. Well, the last thing that we can probably talk about Miami is Duncan Robinson. He has agreed to a five-year, 90-million contract, which may not seem a lot, but it is a lot. The deal is the largest ever for an undrafted player. I didn't even know he was undrafted until like two days ago. But the largest deal for an undrafted player, he technically made history a humongous achievement. I think he heavily deserves it. He's a great three-point shooter, shoots well from the three-point arc. Definitely helped Miami in that finals run in the bubble with that. And same with this season, they just fell short to the eventual champions with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I, I, it's crazy because Duncan Robinson, he was playing D3 in college, and now he's signing five-year, $90 million contracts as one of the best shooters in the NBA. So I think it's just, it's just another one of those great stories. Like the NBA just has so many of those inspirational stories, and it's just another one, you know, that just makes you feel good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely see what happens next year with this Miami team. Um, I think they'll be dangerous for the Eastern Conference. And the funny thing is that before we were saying, oh, the West is so stacked. Now, like, the East is kind of stacked. They have the Brooklyn powerhouse. They have Boston with Jason Tatum. They have the Knicks who are coming together. They have the Bulls who are coming together. They have the Heat who are coming together. So now the East is like stacked, and the West is like same, the same where it was before. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I think we can move on to another team in the East. Nothing much except for one guy that I thought stood out is Jared Allen. So Jared Allen agreed to a five-year, one hundred million dollar contract to stay with the Cavs. Um, started off the year with Brooklyn, got traded for under for um. Yeah. In that four-trade deal for James Harden. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. He got traded in that, you know, big, big, big trade for James Harden. And now he's in Cleveland. I think I – w- I, w- I didn't really watch the Cavs much, but I watched um, – he was – he's the starting center. Um, now that Andre Drummond left, some, like, during the season, he's averaging good numbers. I think he's averaging 13 rebounds, something like that. Very, very – very, a very humongous asset in that rebounding category. Um, so I think that with the Cavs next year, it's going to be tougher to see because the Cavs aren't one of those teams that stood out for, in the free agency. Um, but I think that the fact that they brought Jaron Allen back is definitely a, a big W for them. Yeah, I, I kind of disagree. I don't really get it 
Because if he remembered, just in the draft, at number three overall, they just drafted Evan Mobley, who also plays center. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. But then think about it, right? They, they traded Andre Drummond. And then they traded JaVale Mickey, who went to the Nuggets. Now he's on the Suns. We can talk about that later. But they don't have many centers, you know? Like, they do have Kevin Love, like, who is – who He can, barely plays. Yeah, exactly. Kevin Love, not really a center. So I think Jared Allen can be a backup for Von Mobley or the other way around, vice versa. Um, so they, they need a center. You know what I mean? Uh, they need a center for their team. Yeah, I was, I was actually thinking that I – was, I was thinking that they might even do, like, Jared, um, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley together <laughs> in the starting lineup. Because I, I don't really get it because – because when you give a guy $25 million, because five-year, I mean, five-year $100 million contract, that's $20 million a year. And that's not – I don't think you pay $20 bucks a year for a backup center. So I think their intention is definitely probably to start Allen. And I think, honestly, the reason why they re-signed him is probably in case that Evan Mobley doesn't become what they want him to be, right? If he doesn't pan out, then they have a young center in Allen He's already pretty he's been he's been pretty solid. He's been very underrated for the past few years. And they're just gonna let Allen basically get the keys and let him take the franchise forward as opposed to having Mobley. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the Cavs, like I just said, they're not a team that stands out. And I think that like we talked about it in the last podcast, two podcasts ago, Colin Sexton has been great with them this year. So I think that I mean I won't be surprised if they're like a playing tournament team next year. They just have to perform because they haven't been, they haven't had a good season since LeBron left them. Um, so, yeah. Um, so next we can move on to the Boston Celtics. Um, several, several trades. Um, Kemba Walker did go away to Oklahoma, then bought had a buyout with them and went to New York. Um, but um, I'm looking right now, and Enos Cantor is coming back to the Boston on a one-year deal. Um, that's um, that's good for Boston. Um, a center. They have Al Horford now. They have Enos Cantor now. They got rid of Daniel Tice last year, so I think that definitely the help they need help um, with that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think personally for the Celtics, they have humongous potential, right? Because they they played against the the Net Super Team. And they came pretty close, actually. Like, obviously, the five games isn't like you know. And Jalen Brown was injured too. Exactly right. So, so they didn't really have the lineup that they wanted, and they still got a game out of it. And they actually came close in one of them. Um, so I think that in contention with the other teams all over the Eastern Conference, I think the Celtics are a strong contender because everyone's kind of walking away from them because they're like, oh, okay. Jalen Tatum, Jalen Brown, nothing special. Um, but I think they, they're a good team. They're tough. They're, like, they've been tough since, like, the 80s with Larry Bird and Kevin McHale. They're tough. They're a very tough team. Um, and their home court is very strong also with the Madison, um, with the Madison, with the TD Garden. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think the point is they want to build around Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum because both of them, obviously, Jason Tatum two seasons ago, I mean, uh, two seasons ago? Yeah. yeah. Two seasons ago. He had his breakout year, right? And then last season was Jalen Brown's breakout year. So they both proved that they're going to be 
They're going to be perennial all-stars. They're going to be all-NBA caliber players for, I think, years to come. So then the Celtics have just decided that they want to build around them, which I think is smart. I think that's why they got rid of Kemba Walker, who really just was he was, he was, made, he was just injured for a lot of the season, and he didn't really mesh well with the Celtics during his time there. They got Al Horford back, which I think was smart, because last year, if you look at the Celtics and who they had at center, they had Tristan Thompson, who just who was who was not that good. He's undersized and was not that great a defender. He's not a rim protector. They had Robert Williams, who was good, but uh, outside of that, they really had no center depth. So I think getting Al Horford, who's a good defensive center, he can shoot the three uh, very well, is a, is a great pickup for them. And I think also getting rid of Kemba Walker was smart. I think they should have considered re-signing Evan Fournier because of just how good. He's been, but also considering how much money the Knicks gave up to get him, I can understand why they didn't want to sign him. So from the Celtics, I think they, 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 they're doing fine right now, but I don't, next season, I don't really see them with, like, with Miami, with Milwaukee, with the Nets. I just don't see them up there. They're probably a top five or six Eastern Conference team, but they're definitely not top three. Yeah, I, I, can, I, can, yeah, I can picture that. I mean, now that they have the Nets, you have the Bucks, who are now reigning MVP, uh, NBA champions, and now you have all these other teams. Yeah, I can definitely I, – I agree with that point. Um, I think that the next team we can go on is my favorite team, Toronto Raptors. Um, yeah. Not much oh, – we talked about the draft already, but, man, I'm so mad. Um, but Kyle Lowry went away. It's heartbreaking. Um but we got Goran Dragic and Francis Achoa. That's not too bad. Goran Dragic is a little bit older, but he is a versatile shooter. Precious Achoa has has a few good performances with Miami in, in the last year um, with their, with their, his rebounding. And like I keep saying, probably every single podcast, the Raptors suck at rebounding. Um, the GM had a little bit of brain left like a, a couple of days ago, waved Aaron Baines, waved P.J. Watson Jr., waived DeAndre Bemery, waived all the guys that are not needed in the Raptors. Um, they signed Ish Wainwright. Don't know who he is, but I've heard great things. He is coming from Europe on a two-year deal. Um, he had a great leadership in Europe, so I think that that can also add to the Raptors now with Kyle Lowry leading. Kyle Lowry was always the leader. I think even with Kawhi there, it kind of felt like it. Um, so, yeah. And then um Sam Decker signed with them I don't know how I'm feeling about that (laughs) but I mean Sam Decker like I was talking earlier to my dad he was saying that how do you know because Sam Decker could have improved while he was in Europe and kind of gone better um I'm not kind of sure um I'm I, I don't know what to say really because the Raptors need to think they have a forward um, they have so many forwards. They have no guards. Like today, like there was a a post where Masai Jiri resigned, and I was like, "Oh, he 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 got fired finally." Oh, but then he got resigned, and I got I was like, "Come on, man!" Like, <laughs> I thought he got fired, and I was like so happy, but then he <laughs> then he got resigned. Um, but yeah, Sam Decker. I'm not completely sure about him. Um, but the main thing was the wire trade. Warren Rodgers versus Ochoa. So we added Drogic, Achoa, 
European, the guy who played in Europe and Sam Decker. So we have four guys better than the four who left. So I'm actually happy about that, except for Kyle Lowry. Um, but we, I, I don't think we've been active in free agency too much. Well, you know, they also they also got Scotty Barnes in the draft, even though that wasn't very smart in my opinion draft choice, especially when you we already discussed you already have Siakam, but they do have Scotty Barnes coming on. And then they also re-signed Gary Trent Jr. to a three-year deal. So I think they have they got some solid players back, right? Dragic, Trent Jr., if Scotty Barnes can be any good, then that European guy. I mean, they have they have the moves, but they're not going to be able to compete with the people at the top of the Eastern Conference right now. Yeah. I mean, for me, this year, an acceptable season is like playing tournament, possibly make the playoffs. I mean, I think that's where they are right now. Because I'm, it makes me kind of surprised because they drafted Scotty Barnes, right? And now they're saying like they're gonna that Masai Ujiri is thinking about trading Pascal Siakam because of that. And I'm like, man, like Siakam's not old. Like Siakam's still young. It's his like fifth year in the in the league. He's like 24, 25. He's young. Um, everyone's saying that like he can be a leader. I mean, even though last season wasn't that year. I think that, I, that anything's possible. I mean, the Raptors have been dumb. For, no offense, but dumb for the past year. They traded Norman Powell away. Okay, fine. Maybe Kyle Lowry. Maybe that was a good decision because he, he is getting older. No doubt about it. Um, but we traded away Norman Powell. Why did we trade away Norman Powell? I still regret it to this day. But why did we trade Norman Powell away? Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, we, we added – um, the thing that's positive about it, actually, you kind of think about it. Like last year, Aaron Baines and Ken Birch, who were our centers last year, they didn't play well on the board. They averaged like probably three, four, five rebounds a game, which is poor for a center. Um, so I think that the fact that Scotty Barnes is there, considering that he's a good scorer and a good rebounder, I think that that could add to our team. I won't be surprised if the starting lineup is something along the lines of like Fred Van Vliet, Find a guard, um, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, and like Sam Decker. Like, I don't know. And Gary Trent Jr., excuse me. Um, but yeah, I mean, we need, we need guard and Gordon Dragic. But I mean, we need, like, the, like, for me, my thinking is like we have the guards, right? In the starting lineup. But you agree also, right? It's like Gordon Dragic, Fred Van Vliet, all good to go. We don't have any backup guards. Like, right, wait, just think about it. We can't play 48 minutes every single game. We need. Well, I think the idea is that Fred Van Vliet or plays or Goran Dragic, one of them plays backup for each other. But then who would be the other? I would, I would think it would be the starting lineup would be like, because Fred Van Vliet's usually the guy who comes off the bench for Larry, right? So. I would think it'd be the starting line would be Goran Dragic. Oh, and, and and we forgot about OG Ananobi as well. Yeah, so Goran. Yeah, that's also why I didn't understand why they drafted Scotty Barnes because they also had Ananobi and Siaka. So, but I mean, they have so they'll have. I think it would be uh, Goran Dragic, probably shooting at shooting guard. Maybe Gary Trent Jr. Even though he's more of a small forward, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam. And then, like, Chris Boucher or that other center that you talked about. And then off the bench would be Ben Vliet, Sam Decker, um, either Chris Boucher or the European guy, whichever one ends up starting. 
and then whoever else they have really i mean but that team is that team, that's a solid team but i but that's not that's not close to championship contender yeah i mean um i i'm looking over scotty barnes's like i've like the past like week i've been looking at it like it says that like he well obviously he played for the Raptors and he's a six nine point guard. It says he's a six foot nine point guard. Like I, I looked on his Instagram, it says six nine point guard. Like, yeah, it says like Florida State freshman Scotty Barnes is a point guard in the body of a power forward. Interesting. So, I mean, now that I kind of see that, I'm not really, like, I still think that the Raptors need to deal with it because, I mean. I don't think you, I don't think you can play him at, at, um, at point guard, though. Because then, then, then he's going to end up like Ben Simmons, and I don't want that to happen to him. No, I mean, yeah, he doesn't shoot well from three. He only, he barely, he takes, in college at least, he barely took any threes. He, he shot under 30%. He only averaged about five assists. A four assists, sorry. So I mean, I don't know. He he doesn't seem like he has the making of a point guard. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Enough of the, of the Raptors. I mean, yeah, we'll definitely see what happens with the Raptors. Okay. Um, we still have a lot to go, but I think that we can go on with the smaller teams that didn't do too much. Well, this team did something. The Utah Jazz. So we can start with the smaller things. We they re-signed Mike Conley on a three-year, seventy-two and a half million dollar deal. Um, I think it's great that they're going to bring him back because I think that he needs to be back there if they want the team to be something big. Um, and then Rudy Gay signed with Utah on a two-year, twelve point one million dollar deal with a player option on his second year. Um, so I think they're kind of shaping up. Um, I mean, they were the first seed last year. I think that in terms of championship, I think for the Western Conference Finals, I wouldn't be, I, I, I don't see why not. Um, because the thing that kind of pisses me off is that everyone's saying like for the Lakers, at least that's another contender in the West, they're saying that they're underrated with their new talent. I don't think so, man. I think they're overrated with their talent. Um, because, just hear me out. I think that they have these new guys. They have LeBron, AD, who are, who are there. Dennis Schroeder, you know, Wesley Matthews, Malik Monk, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook. It's it's like a retirement home. <laughs> like, I, 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 it doesn't really sound in the best way. But it's it's a retirement home in a way because the guys are old, man. Like I like, I think that I kind of agree with the purpose that they're trying to do it for. They're trying to go for the championship, right? They're trying to do that one two year span where they go and win the championship, because all the guys there are old except for like you know, um, I don't even know. Like Anthony Davis is twenty eight, but you know. I think that Anthony Davis cannot carry a team to a win. Um, I think we I'm kind of leaving out LeBron here. Um, these these guys, I mean, they're old, right? So especially with these young guys going in the NBA, 
It's going to be hard because, yeah, I think it's going to be hard for the Lakers. We can talk about the Lakers next, but that's just what I think. So I think the Jazz can totally take advantage of that, and they can go on and, you know, put on a good run in the playoffs, and hopefully for them, make it to the finals. Yeah, okay. But in terms of other signings by the Jazz, uh, the Jazz, they also they signed Hassan Whiteside. He's obviously gonna. He's not gonna start over Rudy Gobert. He's gonna be. He's gonna be their bench center. Yeah. Um, we'll see how that is. Whiteside is not really that great defensively. Like Rudy Gobert is miles better than him, but Whiteside does usually average a lot of rebounds wherever he goes, and he's usually just a solid backup center. So that should. I think that should be. That should be good for uh, the Jazz. And then also, they signed Eric. They traded for Eric Pascal who is actually one of Donovan Mitchell's like longtime friends. They were friends way before um, the NBA. They were friends all throughout, I think, elementary, middle, high school. They knew each other, and now they're going to be playing on the same team together. And I think that this move, honestly, it was probably done by the Jazz to keep Donovan Mitchell, okay? Yeah, I, th- I, yeah, I, can, definitely, I can see that, yeah. I mean, obviously, past. He had a he had a good but I mean he's not he's not gonna be I don't think he's gonna be some really amazing player for the Jazz. He's just gonna be their backup, I would guess, power forward and just have a solid role. I think I think more important than that is is the fact that he's gonna be there for Donovan Mitchell and you know, as a friend and then it kind of shows the Jazz are almost like willing to put people around Donovan Mitchell who he likes and who he wants. And that'll hopefully convince him to continue to stay and not request a trade. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely logical. I think that what, the, what they're doing is smart, uh, unlike other teams. Um, but, yeah, I don't think we need to go through every team because it's not like all the trades are big. Um, but I think next team that we can go to are two teams that I think are – kind of in trouble with their GMs, the Dallas Mavericks and the Portland Trail Blazers. Um, I saw that a few guys signed with the Mavericks and Blazers there. Reggie Bullock signed with Dallas, which is a good deal. Um, Tony Snell signed with the Blazers. Um, but um, I just I don't think there's anybody to support Luka or Damian Lord. I mean, Damian Lord wanted to leave – um, is he still a free agent? He's not. He's on a deal. It was just whether or not he's going to request a trade. Yeah, he's, he's um, on a massive contract. He's he's been that he signed. Uh, I think three years back now. Hmm. But I think okay. I'll talk about the Mavericks first. Um, Luca, Luca seems to like him and Mark Cuban have always seemed to have a good relationship. But I still don't understand why they haven't gotten a second star around Luca. Because he's shown in the past two playoffs versus the Clippers that he'll do anything he can. I mean, he's just he's just been amazing. Like, literally amazing. Probably the best 22-year-old playoff series ever, okay, this year. I mean, he, he's, he's given it all for the Mavericks. And both times, I think that two, uh, two years ago, yep. they could have beat the Clippers if Porzingis was healthy. But especially this year, when they were up 3-2, and then also in Game 7, they just had so many chances. They had so many chances, and they weren't able to close it down because, I think, of the lack of star power around Luka. 
because Luca played amazing in all the in all those series. But the fact that Tim Hardaway Jr. well he he's good. He, uh, he's not really the guy you expect to be a secondary star if you really want to get somewhere deep. If you want to make a deep playoff push, so I think I think the Mavericks really need to consider signing. If it's not this season, next season, they have to go for um, they have to go for another star because Porzing obviously they thought Porzingis was going to be that guy, but his injury history and just his continued injuries, just I think I think are just going to keep holding him back. Yeah, I mean with Dallas and Portland, it's kind of the same situation, right? Um, I think with Dallas, I mean, I love Luca. I want him to do, I want him to win something. He has an opportunity to win bronze medal, but that's nothing in the NBA. Um, but I think that, well, just, I don't know if it's going to happen. I've seen many rumors, but there's still Kawhi. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking about it um, because think about it. Like the Clippers lost Kawhi against Utah. Everyone thought, you know, the series is over. They can't beat Utah, came close with the eventual finalists in Phoenix. Um, but think about it, without Kawhi, they came that close to making the NBA Finals. Imagine what they could do with Kawhi. So I think Kawhi might be thinking about that. And I think Kawhi could re-sign with, with a deal. Um, but I think if Kawhi wants to go elsewhere, he could go to Dallas. I think Dallas would be the best option. You just imagine Luka and Kawhi, like, that would be great. You have Kawhi, two-way player, Luka, an insane shooter. Defense is all right. Kawhi, defensive player of the year. You know, I think I think it would be a great duo, a playoff duo for sure. Um, a contender for the finals. I, I'm, I'm saying it. Kawhi and Luka, I think, is a contender for the finals. I think they could beat the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, I think so. Because... Right now, what the Lakers are lacking is poor shooting. They signed Russell Westbrook. Give all the credit to him in the world. Um, good deal, I think, on, for Rob Polenka. I mean, good. I give credit to Rob Polenka for freeing up the space to sign all these guys. Um, but Russell Westbrook hasn't shot well. I think Russell Westbrook just needs to have this, a breakout season, shoot well in general. Um, and, yeah, I think for the West – that's mainly it. Um, Seth Curry had a humongous re-signing. Tim Hardaway Jr. for the Mavericks got a $74 million four-year deal. I think that for Tim Hardaway, it's a great deal to come back to them. Um, and then, yeah, I think for the East, that's kind of the main part about it. For the Sixers, though, we can talk about the Sixers um, and the Bucks. actually. Two teams one last time those last two teams for the Sixers. We got, they got Andre Drummond who would be, I think is a great set backup for Joel Embiid, or maybe he will even be a starter. Um, ben Simmons. Has starter? Not, no way. Not a starter. Fine. Maybe, maybe I'm, yeah, I don't think so actually. Fine. fine. Ben Simmons, fine. Andre Drummond and Joel Embiid all together in the starting line. <laughs> <laughs> no shooting. Okay, fine, fine. Yeah. He's the best shooter. And he only, I think he only shoots like, 33, 34 percent. Yeah. Okay. I kind of regret saying that now. Um, but yeah, um, I think that for the Sixers, Andre Drummond is a, is a good asset, in my opinion, because of the rebounding. But they need shooting, like you just said. Ben Simmons hasn't been good. 
he actually stopped talking to the team. His agent is talking to the team now instead of him. And Tobias Harris is still there. Um, they have Joan Bede. They have some a good defensive set. The defensive forward Matisse Thibel. They have um, yeah. I mean they they have a they have a good team. They just need to contend well with the rest of the conference. They had a disappointing season with the loss to Atlanta. Um, so I think that they need to just shape up for next year. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't – I think what they really need to do is trade Ben Simmons. That's, like, their real move. I, I bet they really regret um, refusing to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden all the way back in last December because they thought Ben Simmons was, like, giving up Ben Simmons for Harden was too much. And now, now they're – now I think – I'm pretty sure relationships between – I think it was reported that – that Ben Simmons and the relation, his relationship with Elton Brand, who's the GM and the Sixers front office, was just like completely cut. Ben Simmons just stopped talking to him. Everything is just through his agent, so it's all professional rather than maybe more on a friendly basis. So I think they both both parties want to get rid of each other, and the Sixers need to find a trade. I mean, even something like getting CJ McCollum, maybe from Portland, or just something just to get another uh, all-star caliber play for Joel Embiid would be great. Yeah. I mean, Joel needs someone because now that I kind of think about it over the years, Ben Simmons has been compared to Joel Embiid as the duo. I think that Joel, it's like Luca and Damon Ward in a way. I think Joel needs a new duo. And I think for CJ McCollum, that would be a great opportunity for him. Um, Tobias Harris is kind of the second guy, I think, right now. Um, but I think CJ McCollum, could come in if he plays well. I think I don't see why not, you know. Yeah. And then I guess we can go to the Bucks quickly. The Bucks obviously they just won the title. And they're feeling really good. Um they re-signed the legend Bobby Portis to a two year deal, which he's he became a fan favorite. So I think that's just I think it's great that they signed Bobby Portis. He's just And they they traded away the second legend, P.J. Tucker. We didn't talk about that. He just signed away. We didn't talk about that. He actually went. He went to Miami. Uh, Two-year, twelve million dollar deal. Yeah, yeah. We we talked about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, then, then, um, then I, I didn't hear you. Um, but yeah, I think P- they traded away some guys. Um, they added. Well, Giannis those on his big deal with a five-year, two hundred twenty-eight million dollar deal. Um. Drew Holiday still on his big deal. He uh, that he signed, uh, I think, during the season. Yeah, so I think the Bucks are shaped up to be a good roster. I mean, Bryn Forbes, who was one of their shooters on the bench, signed with San Antonio, who actually who actually was a, a team that he originally was on. Um, but yeah, I think they another got Hill back. They got George Hill back, which is another good solid pickup. They did get him back, yeah. Um, and then they have a contender in the Brooklyn Nets too. Um, Bruce Brown signed, re-signed for four and a half, four point seven million. They got James Johnson for one year. They got Patty Mills for one year, which is really good. Blake Griffin re-signed. Um, KD and Kyrie Irving and James Harden are still in their contracts. Um, DeAndre Jordan is still there. So they have a, like everyone now. <laughs> it's so funny because. Now I feel like everyone's kind of like forgetting about Brooklyn and shifting more towards like Chicago and uh, Miami. Um, I don't think so, but at least I am. So I think that 
Yeah, I think the East would be dangerous. Like no one has ever thought the East would be this strong. And also the Chicago Bulls. We didn't talk about the Bulls, period, and we have to. So the biggest trade, Lonzo Ball, the best player of the generation. No, I'm kidding. But um Lonzo Ball re-signed on a four-year $85 million deal with the Chicago Bulls. Um I think Chicago is a team that he would go. Everyone's saying in a perfect world, Lonzo would be there. He's playing with the greatest player of all time himself, Alex Caruso. Um, and then they're playing with <laughs> then they're playing with DeMar DeRozan, who got signed there, Zach Levine. Everyone's kind of saying, why did DeMar DeRozan sign there? Um, I kind of have some logic. I don't know if, uh, if you want to think about it, but for me, Lonzo and Zach are your guards, right? Alex Caruso is your backup. DeMar DeRozan, kind of think about it. His main position is shooting guard, right? But yeah, he, that, that's why I think – that's why I yeah, thought it was yeah, – but, but, hey, but hear me out. He plays small forward too. Don't, for, don't forget yeah, about that. He plays small forward for the Spurs. I know that. Yeah, he played small forward for the Spurs. For the Raptors, he played as, you know, um, shooting guard. Um, but he, he had a great season last year. He averaged 21 and a, and a half points, four rebounds, seven assists. Great season, great caliber season. Um, didn't make the all-star team, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, I think with the the Bulls, they have humongous potential. They have Nikola Vucevic. Um, one of their guys, Daniel Tice, who was their backup center, actually left to Houston for a four-year, $36 million deal. Um and I think that, yeah, I think that the East will be shaped up to be a great team. And just last but not least, just one more team, the Charlotte Hornets. They were part of that Lonzo Ball trade. I mean, everyone was kind of thinking about that. I don't think they're not, they weren't part of it, but everyone was kind of talking about that in relation to that. Malik Monk went to LA. They lost one of their big shooters. They lost Devontae Graham, who was one of their best shooters, to, to the Pelicans. Everyone's now saying that he would be a good um, good, good guy with, with Zion. Um, the Hornets got Mason Palmer, who's a center, which we talked about, that will have a humongous impact on the Hornets winning the championship. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, Mason Palmer is their main guy. They drafted. They had the 11th pick. The guy is a good shooter. I remember that a guard very very good um so i think the hornets are in good shape for next year i mean with will mellow um we'll see leandro ball supposed to join the hornets well he's already on their summer league roster so i won't be surprised if he kind of if he joins the team that'd be cool Juanza should have went to charlotte i would have been in the place where all three brothers play on the same team um but yeah i think that the east will be in conclusion with the Eastern Conference, finally, that they will be a great team next year. Um, a great conference. I think that it will be strong. And I think that – I think it will top the West. Um, mm, I don't. Well – You guys think about it, right? The West – I mean, I'm going to keep saying and saying, but the West have the Warriors. Okay. Curry Thompson. Lakers. Retirement home. Jazz. <laughs> Good team. The Lakers. Okay, wait. We didn't even discuss the Lakers. The Lakers. You keep saying the Lakers are a retirement home, but 
here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Lakers' most important player next season is Anthony Davis, okay? He's, he's the core of the team, even more than LeBron, okay? And he's only 28 years old, okay? So it does not matter if LeBron is 36, Russell Westbrook is 32. But Anthony Davis is 28 years old, and that's what matters, okay? And if he's healthy, the Lakers will probably be at the top of the NBA. Yeah, I mean, with AD, I'm not calling their retirement home because I think they're going to be bad. I'm just kind of – it's kind of a, a running joke because all the guys there are, are a little bit old. Um, no, I mean, with L.A., I just think that um, obviously health is important with a- AD with the injury last year. But then Russell Westbrook if, – if Russell Westbrook gets a shooting up, if AD is healthy, if LeBron has a good season, yeah, they'll be, in the, they'll be humongous in, cha- in the championship. Well, two of those are pretty easy. LeBron, LeBron pretty much always has good seasons when he's not injured. And then AD, if he's not injured, he'll, he'll have a good season too. And Westbrook, I, don't, I think it's really unlikely that Westbrook gets his shooting up. He's just never been a great shooter or even a good shooter from three or mid-range. But I think what more matters more than that, what matters is um, how is how is the team going to play? Like, what what are what is what roster, what lineups are they going to roll out there? Like, I think obviously your starting lineup is going to be Westbrook, probably Taylor Horn Tucker or Ken Bay, uh, Ken Bazemore. No, 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 Wesley Matthews or Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder is not going to play on the Lakers. He wants like a twenty-five million dollar contract. The Lakers can't afford. Okay, Wesley Matthews. That's yeah, Dennis, Oh yeah, Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder is like a. Dennis Schroeder has has been saying that he wants like. I know. I, I, it's it's ridiculous. Like why, man? Because think about it. He. It's not like if he had a season, right? Like for example, Luca. If he had a breakout season like Luca. If he just had a six man of the year season yeah. like he did two years ago. Yeah. Like it, like if he would have, you know, got into, um, to be a good six man, yeah, fine, twenty five million dollars, okay, affordable. But why would a team want you to sign twenty five million dollars, not twenty five thousand dollars, twenty five million dollars to average fifteen points, three rebounds, and five assists? Like why? Like it's not bad at all. Like that's good for an NBA player, but. To, to ask for $25 million, and especially considering the fact that he might not just be there for a year, and that the minimum he's asking for is $25 million. Why? Like, I understand he wants money. That Everyone wants money. But, like, you have, first you have to put on the performance. Like, LeBron, right? He, he gets paid, I don't know, 40-something million a year. Or maybe 30-something. I may, I may be wrong. I think he deserves the 30-something million because he's putting up good numbers. He's adding, like, 25 yeah, I mean, Ron's averaging like 25, 7.7 rebounds, 7.8 assists. That is acceptable. for. That's even more than acceptable for $25 million. Considering the fact he's getting more than that. You don't deserve $25 million if you average 15 points a game and your team loses in the first round of the playoffs. Like, no. Yeah, I, I don't I... – I remember when the Lakers offered him an $84 million extension for, I think, four years or something. And he just rejected it, I think, because there wasn't enough money. And now, now he's, no team is particularly interested. He, I don't think he's gotten any offers 
yet for what he wants. So I, I think I have a feeling that Dennis Schroeder, by the end of this offseason, he's going to find himself signing for like $15 million a, a year, which is way lower than what he expected when he initially entered. With the Shanghai Sharks. Let's go. <laughs> Bro, $84 million for four years. That's $21 million a year. Yeah, the Lakers offered it and he rejected it. That's stupid. Yeah. If I was putting up his numbers, if I was putting up 15, blah, 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 I would be like off. I would be in like on clout nine if I got offered $21 million a year for the way that I was playing. Because for Dennis Schroeder, I think he would be a good like 10 million a year. 10 million a year. No, 10 million is too low. Okay, fine. 15, 15, 15. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, and going back to the Lakers, they're going to they're gonna be fine for them because I, he honestly wasn't great for them. I think he even had like zero points in one of their games versus the Suns <laughs> um, in the playoffs. So I think I don't, I don't think losing Dennis Schroeder will be big, especially since when you get Russell Westbrook. Like, yeah, Russell Westbrook can't shoot. But he can he can do so much he can do so much stuff. I guarantee you, Russell Westbrook is going to be better than Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, like they have they have Westbrook, they have Wesley Matthews, they have Malik Monk, they have, and Wayne Ellington. They have plenty of shooters on their team. I think everything is. They did they did a smart thing. Like they 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 did a really good job. Um, in my opinion, signing a lot of guys. They got Dwight Howard back. They got Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn. They re-signed Taylor Horton Tucker, Kent Bazemore. Like, they, they honestly, they, they were one of the best um, teams during free agency. I think they're up there with the Bulls and then the Heat in terms of just making smart free agency decisions to really propel their chances next season. This guy's pretty smart. Yeah, Rob Polinka. I, I <laughs> he gets a lot of credit for this. One. Because, listen to me. I don't know why I'm saying that because he didn't do anything. But, um, no, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> what? Hey, no, I'm kidding. But, um. Like, give credit to Rob Polenka because he has everything on his team. He has scoring in these, all of these guards that he re-signed. He has rebounding in Mr. Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Yeah, like, they have everything. And give credit to Rob Polenka. He's very smart. Um, can we just, like, switch Rob Polenka from Masai Ujiri? I mean, that would be, like, my dream come true. Like, it's just it's crazy it's crazy how he did it, especially since he basically had no salary to work with. Yeah, because, because remember because, last yeah. time we talked about it, the Lakers literally they used hundred twenty million dollars on three players, and they somehow now they somehow still have more than enough. Everybody, yeah. Like think about it. Last year they had their championship. Give credit to Rob Lingo for building that championship team, but then he was able to get rid of everybody, bring in Dennis Schroeder, bring in Montrez Harrell, bring in Wesley Matthews. Like, he was, he's able to do it, like, not just one season, but season after season after season. Like, in 2019-2020, he was able to build such a great team, sign Anthony Davis. Then he was able to go the year after, get a lot of good like, role players. This year, same thing. He was able to get a new star on his team and get a bunch of role players. So, give credit to Rob Polinka. I mean, I, I love the guy. Um, yeah. The real question is, though um, – the only thing is, if they don't win the championship, they could I, honestly be in trouble. Because then you have all these huge contracts. You didn't win the championship. But actually, I think, young players. I think there's one scenario. If you make it to the finals and you lose to Brooklyn, I think that's okay. 
if, if, if you make it to the finals and lose to Brooklyn, that's fine. You have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Blake, Blake Griffin, Patty Mills, Uncle Jeff left. So. Uh. Yeah, but now Lamarcus Aldridge is saying he would come out of Lamarcus retirement. Lamarcus Aldridge wants to come back, sign with the Raptors. No. <laughs> I know, no chance. But and then, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, I think the Nets have a good position next year, and the Lakers, and all these other teams. It's just, um, it's crazy how much things change though in like one free agency, like all these teams just shot up to being contenders. And it's like only been like three days. Yeah, like the Bulls, I never expected to think that, to be thinking of the like. Obviously, it might not happen, but I'm thinking of the Bulls as getting a top four seed in the East. Like I would never expect that. Yeah. 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 So there there was a, there was a lot of crazy stuff that's going on in the NBA. There's probably going to be way more i guarantee you that at least one other star whether it's ben simmons cj mccollum christoph Porzing, someone's going to get traded I, I i just know it has to happen eventually so i i mean we're just going to keep looking out for even more crazy stuff you know that's going to that's going to be going on in the nba we're going to talk about it on this podcast yeah and yes then um the phoenix suns that's the last thing that i want to do for today um, Chris Paul re-signed four-year deal that could be worth as much as $120 million. The GOAT, JaVale McGee, signed with them. Then they have, they still have Devin Booker. Then they still have their whole lineup. So, I mean, what did you, what, like, do you think, um, well, I mean, they kind of got lucky this year with injuries, but what do you think, well, what do you think this, how do you think the Suns will do next year? I think the Sun. I honestly have the Suns just continuing to be as good as they were, unless Chris Paul really takes a step back. But I don't think he'll take like that much of a step back, even though he's getting old. He'll continue to just get older. I mean, a four-year deal is it was surprising me because you. Re- I don't know if he's gonna be playing till he's forty. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't he's thirty-six right now. Yeah. Um. But, but I mean, I think I think they'll just continue to be be really good. But I don't. I don't think they have a chance. Against like the Lakers, or even maybe the War. The Warriors are a really underrated team right now. Like people forget how good Clay, Draymond, and, and Curry were, and they also got a bunch of new rookies. They still have James Wiseman. I mean, th- that team is scared. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, we can move on to the last. Actually, we have two more things left for today. This is the longest podcast on the DE podcast. Screw it. I don't care. <laughs> so. Um, we have actually three more. So, top five teams. This doesn't have to be long. Just say top five teams and why. I'll start with my top five teams. So, actually, I might change mine up a little bit. Actually, I don't think so. So, my top five teams that I think will do well next year and just break out are, in no particular order, are Nets, Lakers, Bulls, Heat, and Bucks. And uh, Knicks, excuse me. Um, the Nets and Lakers, I think it's kind of obvious why um, they have they have a grip. They all have they both have super teams. I think that they'll both definitely make the playoffs, no doubt. I think they'll all they'll be, each make the conference finals, no matter what, um, unless injuries prevent it. The Bulls and Heat are definitely going to be the new additions this year. Um, they're going to have a and the Knicks actually those three teams 
they're technically new additions this year. I think it's going to be a breakout season for all three teams. Um, I think playoffs for all three. Um, and, and something that I can't forget is they're all in the same conference, so it's going to be a great Eastern Conference battle. Um, but Bulls, Heat, and Knicks, I think it's going to be young talent coming out. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. I, I, even though my team's not in it, in, in, the, in, like, in the race for being like, the best team in the East, like, at least like, you, it's, enter, it's going to be entertaining like this year has. Yeah, so, okay, so for my top five teams, it's pretty similar, obviously. Nets, Lakers, Heat. But then I think the Bucks, and then the Suns. I think the Suns, they're still going to be good. I don't think they're going to win the Western Conference or anything, but they're still going to be there. I, I think they're going to be a top three seed, if not top two. So I have a feeling that, that all those teams, I mean, all those teams, they have great rosters. They have the star power. And they've already basically all of them have proved that they can be good. And they're just running it back again. So I, th- I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. I think that for the Suns, they'll be third seed behind the Lakers and the um, – and oh, what team am I forgetting? I, I literally just thought about it. Either Jazz or Warriors. But the Warriors, I'm kind of having a hard time trying to figure out how they would do um, with Clay, Steph, and um, Draymond and Wiggins. Um, they just need the chemistry. Um, but yeah, next season will be exciting. Um, so, one more thing before the last section of the podcast. Um, we have a little Q&A. So, this is kind of at a random moment in our podcast for those who are still in the, still listening. Um, We've never really told you guys about ourselves. We just come on, we just came on, announced that we're starting the podcast, started talking. Now, six months in, we're still talking. Um, so, I mean, we have, I have four questions that um, we have. It's just, it's not nothing, it's nothing personal about ourselves, but just something on our NBA, just so you guys know much about it. I mean, for, you, for me, you guys probably know more because I, I talk about the Raptors all the time. But I think I'll answer the, the question first, and then Akemers, you can probably answer it. So, Question one is, what is your favorite NBA team? Um, well, my favorite team is obviously the Raptors uh, because I'm from Canada. I love the I love Canada and I love the Raptors. Um, I've even though I've I my favorite player is Steph Curry. That's the second question, but I'll explain why after. But I people said that I was a Warriors fan back then, a Warriors fan. Why again? Um, but. I mean, I've always been a Raptors fan for many years, and I just think that the Raptors um, will be a team that will always be really good. Um, and I love the players on the team, so, yeah. Okay, so for my favorite NBA team is the Brooklyn Nets. So my reasoning is I'm from New Jersey. The Nets used to be in New Jersey, so we got to root for the Nets. And then also – when I first started watching the NBA in the 2017-18 season, the two teams that I watched the most were the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron and then the Brooklyn Nets with D'Angelo Russell. And D'Angelo Russell has always been one of my favorite players in the league. And so I just like the Nets. Yeah. Well, I know that, but now you guys know. Um, for the favorite, favorite player, um, I think that, 
I, th- I technically have two. So all time, Steph Curry, right now, probably Luca. Um, for Luca, I just love his um, – just the fact that he plays – everything just flows through him. His passes, his shots, his rebounds, everything just flows through him. All time for Steph Curry, I've always been a fan. The first ever game that I watched in the 2014-15 season was Warriors-Wizards, where Curry had, like, a really good night. He scored, like, 50, I think. Um, and I just love his shooting, and I love um, his respect for his team because I've just watched so many videos and interviews of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, my favorite player, LeBron James is my favorite player. It's just ever since I started – he's the reason I started watching the NBA. Back in the 2016 finals, when he came back 3-1 from the Warriors, I came back, watched the 2017 finals, and then 2018, I just loved watching him with the Cavs and that amazing finals run. It's just so fun to watch. I don't know, just like watching him, just his play style, all those amazing passes, dunks, just even the controversy around him. You know, his teams are just a lot of fun to watch, so it has to be LeBron. You like this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I love <the> NBA right <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean – yeah. Um, next question is which team will succeed the most next season? Um, I mean, we kind of already answered the question, but I think one team for me that stands out probably um, between the Nets and the Lakers. Um, obviously, the reasoning is with that they both have super teams. They both have the key things they need to win the championship. They have rebounding, passing, shooting, even the Lakers have shooting, not with Russell Westbrook, but they have it with the other guys. Um, so, yeah, um, take it away. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Also, the Brooklyn Nets, they already have all the star power. <laughs> they have more than enough. They have their role players, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, um, Timothy Lewis-Cabreau, uh, who else? Joe Harris. Hopefully he plays for the playoffs next year. And I mean, they're they're just they're just built for success. It's real. It'll be so like I know this year it was surprising that both of those in the fi- weren't in the finals. But if nobody gets injured next year, I will like jump out of a window if the Lakers and Nets aren't in the finals. It, it'll be so surprising if they aren't. Yeah. So the last question is: What are three players that you think will be retiring soon? So for me, retiring soon. Um, I think for me soon is like the next three years. Um, for me, it's kind of tough because I don't really know, but I think Carmelo Anthony, um, I think LeBron, I think in three years, um, I don't know if you agree or disagree about it, but I think that LeBron will be retiring just, just because he's going to be 40. I mean, maybe he'll play another year, maybe four to five more years in the league. Um, I think LeBron, Carmelo. Dwight Howard, I think, would definitely retire soon. Um, so, yeah. yeah, for me, I actually was going to say pretty much the same thing I was going to say. So, Carmelo, he's 37. He's very old now. I think I think this Lakers run is going to be one of his final final seasons, if not his last. Then LeBron, he's basically accomplished everything he needs in the NBA. He has nothing more to prove. The only thing that he said he wants to do is play with Bronny on an NBA team. So I think he's just going to wait until that happens. 
That'd be cool. He can do that. He's gonna return. That would be cool to see yeah. LeBron in the same team. But yeah, yeah, it's insane. Because think about it, LeBron will literally, literally be playing with this kid. Like you don't understand. That's just so crazy. <laughs> it's like it's like you. It's like you playing with your dad and like. In the NBA. the best basketball league in the world. Like, I, you would just never imagine that. That would be funny. Yeah. Yeah, so that's – it's definitely going to be – I think it would be LeBron, Carmelo, and then I'm going to say Chris Paul. Just three old guys who've really been in here for a long time. They don't – I think Chris Paul and Carmelo still want to get a ring, but they, they, they're on their way out. Yeah, I think so. The last thing is the Olympics. So just the two games that happened today. I think we can we don't really have to talk about USA versus Australia. USA won. They're supposed to win. I thought they were gonna actually one thing. I thought they were gonna lose because I was actually awake because I wanted to watch the game. Really? Even though it was twelve thirty in the night, I wanted to watch the game, and so I remembered I was up at twelve thirty or something. The USA was like down thirty four forty five. Or even by even more than that, I think they were down by 15 at one point in the first half, and I was just like, "Oh my god, they're actually gonna lose to Australia and win the bronze medal instead of getting instead of going for gold." And I I remember going to sleep after seeing that deficit. I was just like, "I can't watch this anymore. It's just, it's just too it's over." And then I wake up in the morning, and the U.S. they won 96-78. I was just like, "What happened?" Yeah, I mean, U.S. is that team. Will they come back? It's, it's, it's U.S.A. They have so much NBA talent. I can't really do much about it. Yeah, it was, just, it was just crazy. I did not expect them to be down by 15 and then win by 20. Yeah, that's crazy. It's like a 35 nothing run. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and then, but obviously, I think the best game of the Olympics was the other semifinal, which was Slovenia versus France. Oh my God, that was so. That was heartbreaking for Slovenia. I hear it terrible. Yeah. So France won eight ninety eighty nine. Okay, they gave Luca his first ever loss for the Slovenia uh, as playing for the Slovenian national team, which is incredible. Luca was seventeen and zero before this, and then he got his first loss today. Yeah. And I mean. That was just such an amazing game. At the end, um, Luka didn't take the final shot, actually. Yeah, I know. That's, that's the thing. Like, what happened was Luka, um, Luka took the ball. It was, like, 20 seconds left. Took the rebound off of a missed three by France. Dribbled up. He passed it to another guy. The guy um, went, to, went to take a layup. And then... Batum was always like behind him, and then Batum blocked him, um, and the game was over. Just like that. Sorry, really clutch block. Yeah, and just like that, it's over. Um, so I mean, it's definitely heartbreaking for Luca, but I think you, nobody expected it. You know, like Luca, they had to qualify. It was tight. Finally qualified, came in. They didn't look like you know a big favorite. They looked like a favorite, but not like top three. They came in, not shocked the world, but, you know, came in, played well, made it to the semis. They still have an opportunity to win bronze against Australia. But USA versus France, Friday at 10.30 Eastern time. I won't be able to watch it because I'm not here. I mean, I'm at a tennis tournament, so I can't watch it, um, unfortunately. 
because I'm going to turn this turn for every single event. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that I think I, th- I think USA is going to win because ever since the France game, they've been shooting well. They've been shooting better. They, they, I think they kind of relaxed in that game. So I think, and now it's actually like for real, for real, it's Olympics. It's not an exhibition. Um, so yeah, I think we'll definitely, we'll definitely see what happens. Yeah, I think the U.S. should win against France, but it would be crazy. I wouldn't mind if France won just to see the reaction from like everybody in the U.S. just going crazy. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want KD to lose because he already lost that second round in the final playoffs, and then that'll be devastating. Yeah, I don't. I don't want them to lose, but I wouldn't care that much because I. I don't care either. The basketball world would be shocked by it if they lost. If they lost that. Yeah, I know for sure. But I. I'll pick. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think U.S. will win, but then France, I think Yvonne Fournier needs to do what he did last time, and I think everybody needs to play well, especially with that guy who played very well for France. Decoyo or Decoyo, he had 25 points in that win. Fournier had 23. Um, so I think that, you know, I think it will be, I think it will be a great game. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't think you can look too much – one final thing. I don't think you can look too much at the U.S.'s last loss to France because that one was just, like, so – like, a lot of things had to happen for that to happen. Like, the U.S. played so badly in that final minute and a half. They had the lead. They let France go on a 9-0 run in the final minutes and lost the game. I don't think – and they, they missed two wide-open threes. I don't think that's going to happen again for the, on the U.S.'s side. So I don't yeah, think you can well, look at the France loss and be like, oh, they already lost to France once. France will just win. Well, to be fair, they didn't have Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, or Drew Holiday, right? Yeah, but I mean, still, you have you have Kevin Durant, and you you have Jason. You you, have, you already have an insanely good team. I mean, yeah, they, they can't lose that. Yeah, yeah, like like Devin Booker, Chris Middleton. That's just like the icing on the cake. That's not that's not why you're gonna win. It's not like he's your only star. Yeah. Okay, guys. Um, you don't have to leave now. We can end this together. Uh, but yeah, guys. Um, from now on, all podcasts will be like this. Me and Aiken Rajak are gonna be, you know, recording somewhere else. It's gonna be great for YouTube and Instagram. Much easier for the both of us, for me, for myself, to post it. Um, and yeah, expect podcasts. I mean, now the school year's starting, so it might not be two times a week. It might be like once every week, once every couple weeks. Um, but we're definitely going to try our best to free up our schedules. Today was this week, Wednesday, Thursday was the one day that I could, that I didn't have anything to do. Um, so, yeah, guys, um, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. And we'll see you guys next time.